kids are sad sheets. I like to pee outdoors. You should follow me on Twitter. Let's watch. Not duh like duh. That's It's duh like French. So it's jokes de Carl. Follow me now. It's duh, like the French duh. So angry. That is funny. You're so angry. It's, it's duh, like the French duh. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm indignant. Yeah. Come on, stupid. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Don't bring up France to Carl. He gets very defensive. <laughs> Understood. We're also here in the studio with Paul Brumbaugh. Hi, Paul. How are you? That's hot. Good. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. Does that uh, microphone say Brumba on it? Yes, it does. I actually donated this one, and I know it works. Oh, my God. And there's a, a Brumba uh, Spawn. Hi, Dakota, also in the studio. <laughs> Spawn. I didn't realize that. She's uh, one of your biggest fans, both you, Michael, and Carl. So. Oh. All right. One of our biggest fans has been dwelling in the studio. So, uh, <laughs> All right. Welcome to the show. Uh, we are broadcasting live. Uh, on mutinyradio.fm, we do this every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, and ISA, ISA time, ISA time, and... Uh, that is the specific Pacific time. It really is. It's exactly it, too. That's very Pacific. Uh, and we uh, we do jokes about uh, time for up front. You, listen... We're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We want you to watch this movie with us. Interested? Well, then, also, you can follow us on iTunes at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. You can follow us on Twitter at L... The same thing. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. You can go to YouTube and see our channel where we sync the movies up with our podcast at L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. And then uh, you could go check us out on Facebook at oh. Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. Uh, you could go to Twitter, it's L W A F L M O Y T. And then uh, you could go to Irena, that's uh, A R E dot N A, and we're just Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube. Did I miss anything? I felt like, oh, yes, of course, our blog spot, which I haven't updated. Yeah. Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube dot blogspot dot com. So that's it. I, I'm done house cleaning. There's anything else we need to plug? My new website, which is Let's Watch a Full Length Adult Film. What the? Not on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> or at least a that. scene. I'm you sorry. Have to watch I watch full length. No. <laughs> well, at least a full length scene of about minute 45. I always fast forward it to the end because that's, that's the good stuff right yeah, I'm there. I'm glad your kids are out of the There's actually, Carl, there's a movie on Pubhorn called Let My Puppets Come. And it's a 1970s <laughs> film from the director of Deep Throat where puppets have sex in New York <laughs> okay, City. Ready. And it starts off like right. Sesame Street. They're like walking down Times Square. Uh, I won't be able to stand up for at least a minute or two now. So if How you want, do you spell come? C. Yeah. O. M. E. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. Let my puppets come. Got yeah, it. Yeah, got it. It's, <laughs> it's only 17 minutes, but if I could find the full length, maybe we can do it. Let me guess they're sock puppets. Uh, they're, after, yeah, they're before and after sock puppets. <laughs> well, what you, is a dental dam? Yeah, right. It's, <laughs> you can barely see them. Uh, you can't tell the puppets are moving because they have dental dams on their mouths. Uh, all right. 
let's go to YouTube. So we're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube. Uh, these are yeah. usually films that I read about pre-internet my life and I always wanted to see them and I never had the opportunity they're super rare but here they are they're on YouTube so let's watch them Carl watched this movie already sorry Carl yeah thank you for uh, you know I appreciate when you commiserate because I mean it was hard (laughs) this is a very unwatchable film Carl's watched it he has notes he researched it online he's got everything going and we're going to watch it fresh eyed I've seen this 30 years ago Carl what's the movie uh, the movie is King Lear. Oh, no, it's oh, not cool. the Shakespeare, but yes, it is the Shakespeare. Oh. King Lear by Jean-Luc Godard. <gasps> the director of Breathless? Yes. The guy who was in Bloodsport? The guy who was in Bloodsport? Uh, oh, I... Uh, <laughs> no? Okay, wrong guy. Ba-rum-bum-ba. I think you should do that when you do a good joke. You should do like a drum roll that's your name. And if it's a bad joke, we'll do the sad trombone, huh? Wah, wah, wah. That's good. I don't want the millennials to get bored, okay? Now, you can search for King Lear, and then in parentheses, it's like, in in English it would be Gene, G-E-A-N, dash, L-U-C. Right. Because the French are lazy, and they don't have a cat, you know. And then, which is God, G-O-D, and then A-R-D, which I don't have a little tag for those friends try to weasel in as many possible names they can get in their first name using hyphens <laughs> yeah and open compound names those fucking friends. good morning Mark Christian Charles <laughs> oh, sacre bleu <laughs> alright good let's hate on the French is this uh villain Chen uh, films okay well uh, I yeah you can choose that one It's a, that one's a quality one okay which one okay, are you King watching Lear, parentheses Gene dash luck Godard, 1987, post <laughs> It's Godard! Sacre hey, Carl, so which one do you want I'm to watch? this Jean-Luc Godard. What's that? Which, which, uh, which version do you want to watch? You let me know. Yeah, that one works. Uh, okay. The Villa Shen Films. Villa Shen Films. Okay, so I'm going to click the link, and then I'm going to hit pause. Next time we go out for French food, he's ordering for us. Yes, Carl, <laughs> can you order us a French meal right now, please? And the fries. Uh, all right. You don't have to order the whole cafe. I just want, you know, like maybe some hot steamed milk and some and an espresso. It would be great. Uh, let's see. Uh, box steam leche. <laughs> Why don't they always sound pissed <laughs> off? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, because... Anytime you hear them, they're speaking to you, so. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, most people that speak to me are pissed off. I, I grant you that one, but it's, it, even in foreign right. countries, fuck. Isn't it weird that everyone you speak to are either French or New Yorkers? They just all hate on you. All right. I, I haven't had that experience, but I'm over here, so. All right, so Carl, let's uh, that that just fell flat. So let's start the show. Uh, okay, Paul Brumbaugh, will you please do the countdown for us? All right, from three, right? Yes. All right, folks, from make 99. sure you uh, have it on pause, have it all buffered and ready to go. He already told you which title to go. We're doing this in three, two, one, go, guys! All right, very okay. excited. And we're off. And we're off. Set in entertainment. That's right, we released this. <laughs> the Holy and Triangle of Films. Who the fuck released this film? Oh. 
Cinema Shit presents classical music over our head. Our thing. It's got to be good. That's classical music. <laughs> Jean Luc did not pick that song, well, uh, Michael. Uh, so, Carl, do you want to tell me the history of this movie? Because yeah, it's, it's more interesting than the movie itself. Well, I mean, there's a long history to the movie, and I was planning to like reveal stuff as we went. Okay, all right. But we can start right now with. We're hearing a, a telephone conversation that Jean-Luc recorded without uh, the producer's uh, knowledge. Huh. He's practically begging him to make sure this thing gets to the Cannes Festival. Because every now and again, a clever interviewer who thinks he's clever comes to me and says, you made a big noise. Well, I can tell you up front with the Canon films. Yes. So Canon films during the 80s were known for releasing and releasing just slocky, like Sandals yeah. and Sorcerers movies, uh, America fair. 3000, uh, films with John Luke, uh, uh, Bloodsport. Well, Chuck Norris was their big star. Right. And by they, it's uh, two uh, Israelis named Golden and Globus. And their Golden right. Globus movies are no- notorious. This is uh, 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 Norman Mailer on the screen. What we're seeing here is Norman Mailer uh, was part of this picture for about two seconds, and he shot for about three hours with his daughter. And we're seeing him in a hotel room, the scene he shot. As a matter of fact, we'll see it two times because they did two takes of it. <laughs> so. He just wanted to, you know, he put have both Norman Mailer in, in here as long as he could. Norman Mailer has made some notoriously Mailer. bad movies, which we actually watched on the show. We watched a film he did in the 60s called Brookstone. He's also known for a Golden Globus film he directed called uh, Tough Guys Don't Dance. And right. That one is internet meme famous because of a scene he shot of Ryan O'Neill reading a letter by the beach, and then in shock, as the camera circles around Ryan's face in 360, he goes, oh God, oh man, oh God, oh man. So if you ever see that, that's uh, <laughs> directed by Norman Mailer, the late famous author. He um, came into the production, and he wanted Cannon to back Tough Guys Don't Dance. And as soon as they got their backing, at least according to Jean-Luc, right. as soon as he got the backing, he split. Huh. He, he what? He swept? He left. He oh, left. The... He took a plane to America and he quit the whole thing. He, he, was, he was, by one account, he made $500,000. By another account, he made $350. Basically, we're talking about two weeks of work and three hours of shooting. That's so crazy. So he only shot this in France because he was there for cons trying to get his film financed by the producers. Of no, this I film. think he was legitimately part of the project. He quit the project. I mean, okay, so Mailer claimed that people would imagine that he had an incestuous relationship between him and his daughter. You see the daughter there to the right. Right. So what, what happens with King Lear is um, he says, I'm going to retire, and, and who loves me the most gets the most. And... That's what's going on here, but it's with the single daughter, the daughter who doesn't talk. That's what he's trying. Okay, now you're seeing the scene, the exact same scene again. This is take two. <laughs> take two. So, okay, hey, Carl, I wrote new wrote, jokes. I wrote new jokes for this version. Okay. What are you yeah. writing, your suicide note letter? Oh, <laughs> I got to work on it. All right, go ahead, Carl. Oh, my hand is cramping. Oh, the second oh. take is too much of my hand. I'm not incestuous with my... This letter is my confession. 
I am incestuous with my daughter. <laughs> I want <laughs> to sleep two... with my father. Hey, honey, can you sign this document? Uh, so this is okay. So they fell out on the first day of shooting. They fell out, and Mailer left the production. At which point, Goddard tossed the script. Jean Luc, he threw the script out. Oh, that was the now, reason. He everyone freaked out about that because he got paid on. Mailer got paid $100,000 for that, and he made this great script that was comparing uh, King Lear to the Mafia, which makes so much sense. Like, the Mafia dons, like, I'm retiring. Right. Whoever has the most respect for me. And, and some of that did stay. You'll see with Burgess Meredith, some of that did stay in this Oh, film, no shit. Burgess Meredith is in this? Yeah, he is going to play King Lear. Oh, so he Norman wasn't the first choice. <laughs> Norman Mailer is not King Lear. Norman Mailer was to be King Lear. As a matter of fact, he insisted on it, but then he quit the project. What so they had to recast. So there were people considered for uh, Norman Lear that didn't, and uh, King Lear that didn't end up. Uh, one of them was Marlon Brando. When they signed the contract on the napkin, the right. hotel napkin or the That's, restaurant let's napkin. Let's get to that story. Let's get to that one. Yeah. Okay, so, all right, so um, they, they're at the Cannes Film Festival, and so is Jean-Luc Godard. Now, Jean-Luc had just done, um, I'll have to find it in my notes. He did. Basically, what I'm saying is they had an amicable come together in which uh, Cannes Film said, we make schlock, why don't we try something, you know, make something tasteful. Okay. And I guess that means you, the art world says it's you. And Jean-Luc said, that sounds like wonderful. Please, take on this napkin. You know, I'm relieved he's not Asian. Keep going. I want four payments of your four payments. No, you lose. Swanks. What year was it? I would even, okay, I'll stop. I'll even I'm step in. back and just preface this by saying Jean-Luc Godard is, uh, his films are available on YouTube. He started in the 60s uh, with a passion of American films, gangster films, hard, uh, film noir, and he made his own version of that called Breathless, which yeah. is a bunch of yeah. young kids. And I would love to do that movie. You want to do that next week? No. Okay. <laughs> but I will. But I will. You're the boss. No, no. But this is like, he's a, he's, this is a good example of a really good director, and we're watching the shittiest of his films. And this film is the shittiest yeah. of his films. Right. Um... Okay, here it is. Origins. Uh, Canon Group owners. Men Ahangalan. Do you think he's from Israel? And Yoram Globos. Yeah, no, they're, they're Israeli businessmen. Signed a contract for this film with director Jean Luc Godard in a hotel napkin at the Cannes Film Festival. Oh, by the way, just as a side note, once a Golan was offered $10,000 for that napkin. From by by the Museum of Modern Art. That's great. Turned him down. So <sighs> you you already mentioned that Chuck Norris was the big star, right? Uh, but they had begun to invest in some respectable cultural projects, such as Casavette, Final Master. I don't know. One of them directed a movie called The Apple from 1980, I think. Yeah. And it's this religious metaphor uh, with disco dancers and God showing up in a spaceship at the end. and uh, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like a musical. And 
one of them directed it might have been Golan but they are auteurs you know they do love movies yeah. they, they do breathe yeah. it yeah and they're strange they make shitty films and they convince well they were making money movies at the same time they, that doesn't mean they didn't appreciate art they were just making money they were players right there is a movie about Golden Globus called Electric Boogaloo the canon film story right which, which is worth watching <laughs> this is like a footnote this is just a publicity. So when thing. the contract was signed with the napkin in the hotel room or restaurant, depending on the story that you believe, right? They agreed on some things in that napkin, including that Norman Mailer would do the script and he would play Lear. How did they contract that? I don't know. Uh, Woody Allen would be in it, playing a character called The Fool. It's not a stretch. Is he on um, now? Also, Goddard's, what's that? I don't you know. Sure what I am. The, sure. Was he at Cannes Film Festival and they bumped into him? Yeah, sure, I'll do it, yeah. <laughs> Is that your uh, 1987 Woody Allen? <laughs> yeah, he's young. It's, my, I, it's, no one, just, I don't get any, I've never been able to. I've been, that's, hey, uh, uh, John Luke, Bill Cosby and I are going to be playing music at the uh, Cannes Film Festival, uh, sponsored by Roman Polanski. You want to come by? <laughs> sponsored by Roman Polanski. I'll be doing my clarinet. Yeah, we have a young Harvey Firestein on base. Now, this John Luke Goddard, right? He had yeah. made a film called Detective. That was a film that was out, and it had a star-studded cast, and it was like a genre homage, it says. It doesn't say of what. So what they're trying to say is that Cannons had grounds to trust this guy, that he would make the film they wanted. It could... Okay, Woody Allen is the fool. Screenplay play by Norman Mailer, and maybe Marlon Brando is Lear, or I think that's more likely because Norman Mailer demanded to be Lear. So that, that was the crazy. contract. But but Goddard like betrayed the contract. He like considered them jokes, and he just made a film that stabs itself in the back, I think is the ta- tagline. He sort of like um, sabotaged he didn't sabotage himself. He's true to his filmmaking style. Right. But in this thing, he's insulting to them. Well, his style, I have to say, like he's a very prolific author, uh, uh, filmmaker. So mm-hmm. he's known for these uh, streak of films from the 60s and early 70s. And uh, uh, The Weeknd is probably his masterpiece, if you ask me. But he keeps making movies. Just nobody watches them. He made a movie a couple years ago that was in 3D that I think won a Cannes Festival Award or something. And I watched it on, in 2D. His style is that it's a revolutionary style. It's a personal voice. You know how mm-hmm. a, a camera sets up a story and you, you set up this whole thing? He's saying that I'm the camera. So when he talks, it's him. So it, everything is filtered through him. So he'll just stop the movie cold and have someone play music or someone play pinball and maybe he'll say something or maybe he won't be narrating it. But it's a different perspective, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Well, why else would you put up with this shit right now? We've been watching a guy look at photographs for the last 15 minutes. Right. <laughs> I, I guess I should tell you a little script uh, now. Okay. Uh, plot point. This is William Shakespeare Jr. the fifth. You see, according to what happened here is the Chernobyl disaster, which they claim was an explosion, which doesn't make sense. The core melted down and everybody got sick. It wasn't a nuclear explosion. He says that the Chernobyl disaster destroyed, uh, like, like uh, ruined civilization. But it all came back except for culture. And so now William Shakespeare V 
job by the cultural society of something <laughs> is to go find the lost works of his great, 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 great granddad. So we started so off with King Lear and one woman playing the three daughters, and then yeah. now we're talking about William Shakespeare the fifth. Well, she didn't play the three daughters. She just played the one who didn't talk, the... Uh, uh, Cordelia. Yeah. But yes, you're right. And now... Okay, so that's what's up. Okay, William Jr. is trying to recreate the cultural works of hit of William Shakespeare. And that is the... That's the flimsy-ass plot. You know, look at him right now. You see, he's in the hotel room, Right. Right. Okay, look how beautiful it is. It, it is obviously there was never a disaster. Everything came back but culture. It's nonsensical. Look at it. He's got flowers. And then the suddenly, right. it was the time of... Well, it's, I mean, he's a... And everything disappeared. Oh, there's, oh that's the guy everything. who eats his children. Velasquez. And then after a while, everything came. You know that one? It's uh, uh, some god eats his kids. And he's like chomping mm-hmm. on his children. It's a feel-good story. <laughs> you get to raise him and eat him. I don't know if he's him. trying to invoke nothing, right? Nothing, right. and he's being funny, breaking it to no thing. I'm not sure. Look at what we're looking at. So we're looking at hair. I was engaged. No, trees, like let's, in the bushes. Let's listen to a little of this. You think it's hair? My oh. task to Wait, recapture no, the person. <laughs> Out of the hair. Starting with the... Now, a lot of our fans uh, may not realize this, but uh, Carl and I are Shakespearean actors, and we've mm-hmm. actually done a production of Hamlet. Hamlet. We did a production of Hamlet. For uh, New Jersey Public Access Table Vision. Um, and back... Where's Paul? Did Paul leave? No, Paul's talking loudly in the studio, in the other room. Okay, because the thing is, if we show Hamlet, Paul should see it, but he might be gone. It's like at the end of the show. But... Okay, so now it says three journeys in to King Lear and into a split Okay, up. so what's going to happen is he's going to bump into um, Burgess Meredith, who is Don Lero, okay? Yeah. And he's a mobster, right, who uh, is sort of like retired, but he has a, uh, I don't know, he makes money by a chartered planes between Vegas and New York, you know? Um, but, but this is all shot in Cannes? I mean, is this like he... No, it's. Uh, I have that here. One second. The location actually is right by Jean Luc's uh, childhood. Okay, here it is. Location: King Lear is set in and around Nyon, uh, Vaud, and Roulet, Switzerland, ooh. where Goddard went to primary school. So they March nineteen eighty-seven. So Nylon, Roulette, and what was the third one? Vlaud. V A U D. Vaud. Vaud. Vaudeville. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, Ville means town, right? Ta- oh, really? So Vaudeville is town, town? I, no, I, I mean, Vaud is, I don't know what Vaud means. It means town, and Ville means town. So Vaudeville is <laughs> Wait, town, Vaud town. Vaud means town? How do you know that? You just said it. Uh, then came no, Vaud. Then came Vaud. <laughs> no, no. Ville. You know what Vaudeville is? You said that word, right? Right. Yeah. So I was thinking, hmm, Ville means town. So I wonder what Vaud, you know, like what oh. town? Yeah. Uh, our town. Okay, never mind. Here he is in the restaurant. He's. This is William Shakespeare writing King Lear in a restaurant. This is Will Shakespeare the Fifth. Okay. Okay, I don't know what he's writing. What What he's really doing right now is contemplating, why did they pick me? 
I'm not the best director ever. By the way, his name is Peter Sellers, as you know. When you told me about this oh. film and I looked it up, I was like, hmm, Peter Sellers. But Peter's, Ooh, Woody Allen. This yes, is yes be but fun. this is spelled with a, with a different vowel at the end. This is Peter yeah. Sellers with an A-R-S. So this guy... I mean, he's worth his salt. He's, he's very worth his salt. I didn't realize he was in this. A oh, young avant-garde opera and theater director. Yeah, he did a, a production of Cabinet, uh, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari with Peter uh-huh. uh, Weller. Uh, no, uh, Peter... Uh, what's that gentleman's name? It's random. My, but it's great. It's terrific. Gallagher or, or, or Gallagher. Peter Gallagher. And okay. uh, he's, yeah, he does opera. <laughs> he's terrific. Richard Nixon is how many people did he kill? Okay, this is this guy's coaching. That's Molly Ringwald right there. That is Molly Ringwald. He is again the pure heart daughter who doesn't talk. Sometimes he, which is a dumb misinterpretation of King Lear. She talks. Yeah. She said, "I I love you." You know, I can't put it into words. But no, but she and King Lear mistook that to mean she didn't love him at all. Right. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I guess that's the translation, the, the version in this movie, that she loves him, but she just doesn't talk. So he probably, you know, she's just, her love is Yeah, silent. and she, he says stuff like that, like you're threatening your inheritance and uh, stuff like that. It was Cordelia, which is such Cordelia, a ripoff yeah. of Ophelia. I mean, the guy was just at this point just phoning it in. Yeah, but you can never say Cordelia crack. Oh, National Lampoon had uh, Shakespeare knock-knock jokes. Uh-huh. Knock knock. Who's there? Ophelia. Ophelia O. Ophelia O. Crotch or Chade, you creep. <laughs> and then uh knock knock. Uh who who's there? Hamlet. Hamlet who? Hamlet, Omelet's father. <laughs> Omelet's I don't father. know. I don't know what that was about. Now we're talking okay, about so the only scene um, I want to see. This is the only thing I remember is Molly in a new movie. Answer me. They begin to recite King Lear lines, huh? and that perks up William V. Uh, I don't have ear. my heart in my mouth. He, she's saying the line from King Lear right now that she can't. I don't have my heart in my mouth. I can't tell you how much I love you. Oh right. And it's pissing off Burgess Meredith. It may mar your dollars. And that's Peter Sellers. God, that he's such a handsome. Love's labor's lost. No, you idiot! That's the wrong play. Wish. He's writing down the hearing because he can can tell Um, for some reason that it's uh, his ancestors' um, play. So, so Burgess Meredith is playing Francis Bacon, and he's writing down everything the guy's saying. What? Is he King King Don Lero? Who's King Lear? What was it? What are you saying though? I'm, I'm missing. I'm saying that uh, he was uh, Francis Bacon, and William Shakespeare was writing down everything he was saying. Because as you know, um, Francis Bacon yeah. wrote Shakespearean plays. Oh, okay. No, I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. who's Francis Bacon? Uh, some guy with the last name Bacon. I mean, what more do you need yeah, to know? Yeah, so like, okay. pretty impressive. Sorry, I didn't know that reference. And no, actually, I feel the fool, but I don't. But I don't. Oh, when's the fool coming? He's my. Uh, Al- the fool is in the last shot. Woody Allen as the fool. Oh. It's not in the last shot, but it's at the end. What it is is Woody Allen's in the editing room and he's like going over his notes, and behind him is like all this film on the floor. I shall never marry like that. my sisters. 
God, Molly Ringwald in her prime. To love my father all. But goes thy art with this. She's perfect in uh, John Luke Godard movies. She looks like a, a I, Parisian from the 60s. Mm. So young and so un. Ah, how old is Shakespeare? Shaky. <laughs> Look on his, her left shoulder. Well, which stage left or her left? It's what well, it's Will it's Will Shakespeare the fifth, and he's coming over to thank her for giving him the lines, and then Don Lero is going to be like, "Hey, you're trying to muzzle in on my girl." My lady, her away. Now, in King Lear, I was trying to re, uh, reintroduce myself to the play this morning. There's a whole B story of like another family being like uh, fucking around. Yeah, and there's like inf- uh, cheating. There's cheating. Um, no, no, I'm thinking of the sister. Yeah, the sister is cheating with. Right, with another brother. There's yeah. like Edgar, and then there's some other cat. And but there's like a there's like an illegitimate brother who like hangs out in the forest. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he's a bastard. And and I think that's who she has a, an affair with, and. Boy, doesn't that piss off just about everybody. <laughs> you know, it's really weird. In the end of King Lear, uh, that woman, she dies off screen. That doesn't make sense in Shakespeare, right? Shakespeare right. would always show you the, oh, a touch I do confess. I fear <laughs> I breathe my last, right? Right, she right. She never, like, did it two weeks later. Well, that was my that biggest was criticism. I said, Shakespeare, just show it. Don't tell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. They did. T- they did show something. They brought her back in. She did a dramatic. Oh no, no, that's right. She was totally dead. dead, dead. So they're in the f- woods right now, and it looks like a woman's taking a squat. Am I wrong? Okay, these are goblins. Okay? Oh, the goblins taking and a squat. They're 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 mocking him, and he kind of pretends not to notice. Peter Sellers, the avant-garde. Uh, yeah, he's off to find a professor who's going to help him with his... Uh, not yet. He's going to bump into uh, two people who know this professor. He's going to get introduced to him, but not yet. Here's a spirit. Now, the goblins... Okay, Goddard had accepted a contract to make a short commercial film for clothes, a brand of jeans. Um, these commercial videos were shot in March 1987 same time as King Lear. And the same actors' models in the commercials also appeared in the film as Goblins. We just saw them. Right. Similar location to the ad, similar montage technique, and the titles of some of the gene ads make the connection obvious, uh, like Smoothing Iron and King Lear. One of them was called King Lear. Now, you're going to see a shot where these goblins are climbing over the hotel balcony, the Uh railing. That was in the commercial as well as this movie. Because that was the so only, like play, the only know, action in this movie. Birds. Yeah, with one stone. What was the trailer like? Was it like, look out! You want to see a movie of people climbing to uh, hotels? Bam! <laughs> Norman uh, Mailer. Canon <laughs> Films, right? Canon Films presents Molly Rigwald! <laughs> <laughs> Peter Sellers, the other Peter Sellers. 
Peter Sellers so I is think dead. He's meeting, um, is he? In '87, he was dead by then. Uh, Peter Sellers from Pink Panther fame. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Um, did he die so early? Um, he died in like '82, yeah. maybe. He he did uh, like a Fu Manchu movie or something like he or. Uh, yeah, that was a flop. Well, because he was doing a Fu Manchu movie in 1980, that's probably why it flopped. Okay, that's Edgar, and he's told him about, he's a professor who's also interested in restoring culture, so he's going to go meet with him. Now, Edgar's the bastard? Now, is it true, uh, Carl, that in the uh, food courts, the girls call you King Lear? <laughs> I... <laughs> How did you know about that, Michael? <laughs> I work in law enforcement. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so I don't see her, but there's also a person called Virginia. Okay, so there's Edgar and Virginia, and they get... Okay, here's Burgess Meredith. He's looking over... Some sort of contract. It's something about like uh, inheritance, and, we are now and then for some reason, Molly Ringwald's going to read that book that Will was looking at. I don't know. This is the same hotel room because you can tell it's the same table. So that churning table. So it's the same hotel room that uh, um, Norman Mailer Norman was in. Lear, Norman Mailer was in. Norman Lear was in. Yeah. How could I keep saying that? I mean, it's obvious why I do, right? Yeah, because there was a guy named Norman Lear. Yeah. Yeah. King Lear, they called him. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to that guy? He, uh... Hey, does, does someone he, do this? He was taken down. He was fired because for leering. <laughs> <laughs> I created leering. <laughs> oh, so she's reading... I was first to leer. Look at you, baby. Bali. Playboy, Holiday Inn have rushed into Atlantic City. Bali, Playboy, Holiday Inn. I love that song. Oh, yeah, that's a great song. That's a hip hop, baby. Hip hop. <coughs> the best part about that song is that then you find out the real history of that song and how they just ripped off, they took other people's lyrics and they. Um, oh, really? Yeah, they ripped off other people's lyrics. And then the producers of the song would have, throughout the decades, other people touring, pretending to be the original singers. So the original singers took other people's rhymes. And then, as they were going, like Wonder Mike was a different guy. It was like the owner's oh. brother, uh, son or something. Now, I am Wonder Mike, and I'd like to say hello. So Wonder, they sued Wonder Mike and took his name. So he can't mm-hmm. be Wonder Mike. And then they have a different guy go on stage and sit and recite Wonder, uh, Wonder Mike's lines. There's a, there's a documentary called My Name is Wonder Mike, and it's all about that. It's really insane. Wow. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Oh, so she's reading about gangsters. It's strange that can make vile things precious. So who's talking, girl? Burge, um, Burgess Meredith, Rocky guy. 
that the company must still be run as a business. And in the end, the system swallows up the gangsters in its gigantic maw. Now, I think Norman Mailer might have had a really interesting script, but I mean, look, can I just, let me just say something about Godard for a second, right? Yeah, okay. I think that Godard had an opportunity here to, okay, let me put it this way. Van Gogh could draw um, like a photograph. He could, of course, I'm, I'm exaggerating. He could do portraits that rivaled what they did in the Renaissance. You know, he was a a real painter with quality talent. And so when he painted like a nose on the side of a face, like he wasn't like a fourth grader going blah, blah, blah. He chose to do an artistic expression of art, right? In yeah, the okay. same way, if it's canon films, like Jean-Luc Godard had a chance to do a watchable film and say, yeah, of course I can do it. Any dummy can do it. I do art. You see what I'm saying? But he didn't do that. <laughs> I mean, right now we're watching King Lear. It's you know one man's opinion. One man's opinion. <clears throat> Does he just gives up at a certain point? There's all sorts of backstorying about the hating going on between uh, um, Jean Luc and and Cannon. You know, and I don't know. I'm on the side of Cannon. You know, they they were never allowed to see the Daily Rushes. Did I lose you, Mike? I'm still here, Carlos. I'm listening to you. Oh, rap. okay. Maybe it's your cord, your your headphones cord. No, no, no. I just wasn't speaking. <laughs> okay, wait. Can you hear me now, now? Yeah. You know what? My son. It was my volume. Oh, all right. I think you said you weren't speaking or something, though. Yeah, I but, put. I put. So the, both things are true. Yeah. So I like to think okay. that they're in the balcony of a hotel in Collins, but they're they're in nylon. They're in nylon or. Yeah, that's where they are, Nylon. There's two other towns. What was it? Baud and, Baud. Uh, and Rolo, Roli. Uh, oh, yeah, Roulette. And Roulette. <laughs> not the French one. The French Roulette, not the Not duh, the duh. Russian. Not the Duh Duh. <laughs> it's the French Duh, not the Duh Duh. <laughs> so angry on that theme song. No, I, I'm, I'm indignant. I, I'm, not, I'm like, okay, I guess that's, there's a twinge of anger to indignance, but. Molly Ringwald's been in this movie for at least 15 minutes. That's pretty good. She uh, does her time. It, she was not, she signed a, a contract, and Woody Allen did, that I'm not to be in the promotion for the film. You know, my image. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But this film has always been known as that film that Woody Allen and Molly Ringwald did. It has been because they don't interact. Yeah, no, they don't. But I mean, like I've what I've read about this film, I've read about the cocktail napkin that, that they signed mm-hmm, the contract on mm-hmm. at cons. Uh, that it was a piece of shit, and that Woody Allen plays Mister Alien, Alien Allen, or something like that, or Woody Al- Alien. And that Molly Ringwald, who, you know, during her heyday, made... It really was. She didn't really make that many movies. I mean, she made some very seminal films, especially with John Hughes, especially with John Hughes. But what else? You have The Pickup Artist by James Toback. Mm. 
You know, you know. So James Stepak yeah. is one of those uh, creepy Hollywood guys that people are I mean, he, people have been accusing him of sexual harassment for decades. And one of the things he does is that he's <laughs> kind of compulsive guy who go, allegedly goes up to women all the time. Uh, you know, just walks up to them on the street and starts hitting on them. And he made a movie called The Pickup Artist, and it's uh-huh. kind of based on his life. And it's Robert Downey Jr. in '87, '89, uh, and one of the people he picks up is Molly Ringwald. Who co-stars? It's 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 a scripted film. Yeah, and it's supposed to be like a a, a Hollywood version of what James Topak does. You know, like I just I just can't help it. I'm a charming guy. I just hit on women, and uh, you know, sometimes it works. <laughs> so nobody. In some to people's see that. cultures, that's a compliment. Betsy's wedding that was directed by Alan scene. Alda. Okay, that was in the commercial. So he double dipped. He double dipped. Wait, is Molly Ringwald in that shot? Nope. Oh, good. So no Those are the models the from the Golan commercial. And, okay. Well, okay. she was, so Molly Ringwald, right? So she did her John Hughes movies. She did The Pickup Artist. She did this film. She was in uh, a 3D movie about, like, some crazy title, like The Adventures in the Forbidden Zone or something like that. I, I, wish oh, I never heard of it, even. Hmm. Uh, it'll come to me, but uh, then she did, like, uh, Alan, uh, Betsy's Wedding, this where she was the uh, Betsy, and it was directed by Alan Olda. And then, she, you know, she, she went her way. She uh, became a singer in Paris or what have you. But So to see her in a movie that I haven't seen her in, it's, it's rare. Yeah. And you see how youthful she is. It really was her heyday. It was 16 yeah. Candles time. It was um, pretty in pink. She posted a picture on Instagram that went viral of her own daughter uh, <laughs> at, at Kmart next to a poster for Pretty in Pink. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's her mom at the same age as she is. And they look identical. That's, that's probably why it went viral. Okay, this idiot here is... Jean-Luc Godard himself. All right. Oh, this He's guy was playing, shit on his head. He's playing Professor Pugly. And uh, here's oh, Will. Does any here know me? This is not Lear. Does Lear walk thus? Hey, Carl, do you want to read some King Lear with me? Um, yeah, Where I can do that. Tell me uh, which scene you want to do and which part I'll be, and I'll look it up. Okay, so, you know, there's uh, no such thing as uh, great actors, Carl. First off, I just want to say uh, we're all great actors. So you're playing guardsman number four. Uh, okay. Yeah. What, what, what is the scene in? So I'd like, like to do act three, scene four of King Lear, if, if we may. Three, scene four. And I'm a guard, did you say? You're your guard number four. There's no line for that gentleman, but... Uh, oh, okay, okay, but I'll be ready. Okay, so hang on. I have the Riverside Shakespeare, which I haven't looked in until like 93, and I just got to get past the glossary, and I got to find a, where's King Lear. I think this is chronological, so Richard II, Richard III, Henry IV, Trollis, Twelfth Night... Uh, shit. Uh, hey, uh, I paused my movie by mistake, Carl. What? Okay. What, what, what number are what? you on? Okay. Well, it's not so. It is not so. Where are you right now, Carl? 
Uh, yes, I'm so sorry. I am pausing, and I am at 35.45. Okay, I'm at 35.08. Okay, you tell me when it's 45, and I'll hit play, but count me down. Okay, so who's this woman on the, on the balcony with him? Lear's shadow. I, I, I can't see what you're seeing, so All right. I'm sorry. It, it, it oh. could be. Oh, they changed it. You're right. Okay, never mind. I thought it was going to be the balcony scene forever. Uh, I'm at 35, 32. Okay. 36, 37, 38, 39, 40. Then thou owest. Right. Come on, Mike. I did it. Yeah, but no, you didn't. I go to 45. Oh, right. Okay. I'm at 49. Tell me where you are. I'm at 51. Okay, wait. Tell me when you're at 56, quick. All right, I'll tell you when you're at 53, 54, 55, 56. All right. All right. All right. Okay, I think this is once again um, Molly Ringwald. She's going to get a virginal uh, all-white gown in which she'll play Joan of of Arc. Don't ask. I don't know. Joan of Arc? That's coming. Is this a con? Hey, so, you know, I bet King Lear was like, oh, okay, listen, Shakespeare, I'm really excited. I heard you're going to make a comedy based on me. Uh, it's a tragedy. <laughs> well, what does that mean? It means you're going to die at the end. Okay. <laughs> uh, so- Spoiler alert. Okay, he's going to fart on him. Okay, John Luke. Right. Is now going to fart on. I understand you've been working on this problem here, Doctor. Well, nobody writes. He's pretending to be Burgess Meredith. It's very insulting. The writing still exists. Oh, the cover. With what I'm looking for. Do, do you hear him trying to do Burgess yeah, Meredith? That makes sense. Nobody. Rocky. Rocky. You didn't even see that punch coming, did you? I'm just what what aiming at Professor. You know what? You need a good montage. Kid. Oh, he just farted at William Shakespeare's fifth. And then that causes thunder. Wait, the professor farts. This is why I think the film betrayal to canon. I got some quotes from Jean-Luc about canon and, and canon quotes to him. Sure. You want to hear them? Yeah, of course. Jean-Luc says, Golden and Globus are merely bankers who believe they are true film producers. They are just ill-mannered sharks, says French film director. Blah, blah, blah. According to the iconoclastic... No, okay, um... King Lear movie is a good example of what caused canon to crash, he said. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, okay, here's here's Golan defending himself. Uh, it's not being shown. It's just a bad film. Goddard made a bad improvisation of Shakespeare. He took Cannon for a ride. Goddard is so ridiculous here. He goes, King Lear has been shown recently, and I think 70% of American critics like the movie. It's just that Cannon don't know how to market it, this type of film delusional. This is unwatchable. It's so bad. The movie contract said that Canon would send regular payments, four checks 
Cannon sent to me from May to December 85 all bounced, said Goddard. I wrote, phoned, I telexed them, nothing. I flew 20 times to New York. Finally, our dates were set back. Cannon wasn't doing its job as producer. Golan claims, Goddard took money out of the film's budget. In 1985, you get 10 francs for $1, but my 1986 budget was down by half. Okay, that doesn't sound like it makes sense. In need of money, Goddard said he gave 10% of his share of King Lear to rights in France. He gave 10% to France? Cannon drafted contracts agreeing not to mention Ringwald and Allen's names in the film or film's publicity. God is like, why? I don't understand why. Just stare in the commercial. People will come see it. Cannon buys anything indiscriminately. It's just as if you stop over at the Louvre and say, mm, give me one Rembrandt, one Da Vinci. Hmm. Okay, but no Golan fires back. There's nothing on the screen to be seen. Goddard didn't show us his rushes. He's not. He spat on the hands that fed him. No, he just now, this, no thing. this gets really bad. I'll tell you in a minute, but he gets a little dirty here. What, right a little now? insulting. It is born and it is burned. Do you want to read King Lear? Uh, I I can't seem to find it on the on the. Okay, so I'm going to say script. So we want Act Three, Scene Four. This is the scene where King Lear and his fool are banished and they're walking around. And, yes, uh, Google. I did. Do I really have to play a guy who doesn't talk? No, I'm kidding. Okay. I'll, I'll let you play the cactus. You get to play the wind. So you start off the scene and you close the scene. Your line is, woo, whoosh. <laughs> That's good. All right, then let me start the play. All right, um, do you want to be either King Lear or... Uh, I, I'm so sorry. I just keep on finding, um, uh, like, reviews or lessons. Uh, I'm trying to find the actual words. Okay. Well, here, I'll start the scene, Okay. Okay. And then uh, when you're ready, just jump in, okay? All right, here's um, Kent. Oh, okay, I'm with you now. Okay, but I'm Earl dis- of Kent. I'm disguised. I'm someone else. And I say, here is the place, my lord. Good, my lords, enter. The tyranny of the open night's too rough for nature to endure. Okay, and then Lear says, go ahead, say your line. I'm sorry, I'm just not with you, Mike. I'm such a loser. I'm sorry. I'm looking at Act 1. Okay, Act 3, Scene (laughs) 4. Sorry to be such an idiot. I should have... If we had talked ahead of time, I'd have the text. Yeah, no, I I mean, this is the scene that I kind of remember. That's the reason why I'm going for this one. Okay, I have Act 1, Scene 4, and I'm going to try my best to get to Act 3. Do you want to be Lear, or do you want to be the fool? Uh, I'll do whatever you want. All right, why don't you be Lear? I'll be the fool. Okay. And I'll play Ken. Here's the place, my lord. Good, my lord. Enter. The tyranny of the open night's too rough for nature to endure. All right, King Lear, that's your line. Wait, are you waiting on me to say my line? I'm trying on the line to find uh, the words. I'm sorry, I don't have the script in front of me. Okay, all right. (laughs) <laughs> okay, let's start over. So this is Act 3, Scene 4, King Lear. Take 2. 
Uh, three. Take three. Oh, wait. I fucked that up. Take four. Here's... Wait, I'm almost there. Okay. I'm on act two, scene two. I'm scrolling through. Okay. I'll Here make it up to the, the place, audience when lord. I get there. Good, my lord. Answer. The tyranny of the open night is too rough for nature to endure. I'm getting better at each take. <laughs> you can probably remember the one from... Uh, Okay, Act 2, Scene 4. Uh, I act, promise act you, I'm three, Scene 4. Damn it! All right. Never Here, mind. I'll, I'll start the scene. Okay. Here is the place, my lord. Good, my lord, enter. The tyranny of the open nights. Too rough for nature to endure. And then King Lear says... Mike, I'm going to kill you. I'm not All right. there. Okay. No problem. No problem. Let's, let's start over, okay? <laughs> Here we are. Scene <laughs> three. Act three, scene four. King Lear. Okay. Act three, scene four. Okay, I'm doing King Lear's part. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 Here it is. I'm Ken. Here is the okay. place, my lord. Good, my lord. Enter. The tyranny of the open nights. Too rough for nature to endure. There's a storm, right? All right, the storm now gets still. Now do I go? Uh, yes, please. My turn. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Let me alone. Good, my lord. Enter here. We'll break thy heart. We'll break my heart. I'd rather break my own. Good, my lord. Enter. Thou thinkest as much that this contentious storm invades us to the skin. So, tis to thee. No, wait, tis to thee? Yeah. But where the greater malady is fixed, malady means sickness, the lesser is scarce felt. Thou didn't shun a bear? Well, I was with him until that shun a bear. But if I slightly towards the roaring sea, am I really just saying all this? You're King Lear, you're crazy, dude. Thou dost meet the bear, I the mouse, when the mind's free, the bossy delicate, the tempest in my mind, don't from my senses take all feeling else, save what the feet there are. Finaling gratitude! Is it your turn yet? No. <laughs> is it not this mouse should tear this hand for lifting food for two? But I will punish home. No, I will weep no more. In such a night to shut me out, Pour on, I will endure. In such a night as this, oh, Reagan, gonorrhea. Gonorrhea. me. <laughs> Your old kind father, whose frank heart gave all. Oh, that way madness lies. Let me shun that. No more of that. Good, my lord. Enter here. Prithee, <sighs> go in thyself. Say I own ease. This tempest will not give me leave to ponder on things would hurt me more. But I'll go in. Now, why do I have to read this mic? Now, I turn to the fool and I say, In, boy, go first. Your houseless poverty. Nay, get thee in, I'll pray you, and and then I'll sleep. Now, people can't hear me, but I'm acting right now. I'm leaving the stage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Where's Edgar? Are you going to play Edgar? Yeah, I'll play Edgar. I'll play Edgar. Okay, poor naked wretches, wherever so you are, that by the petting of this pitiless storm, how you shall your houseless heads and bedsides, your loops and windows of raggedness defend you. 
postponed seasons such as these? Oh, why would that be a question? I have taken too little care of this. Take psychic pomps, expose thyself to feel that wretched feel, that thou mayest shake the superflux to them, and show the heavens more just. Fathom and half, fathom and half. Oh, poor Tom. Okay, here, here I am. Uh, I'm the fool. Come not in here, Nuncle. There's a spirit. Help me, help me. Give me thy hand. Who's there? A spirit, a spirit. He says his name's poor Tom. What art thou thus grumble in thy straw? Come forth. Okay, now here comes Edgar. Oh, I guess Edgar comes in and as a madman. No, he, yeah, he's not Edgar. He's poor Tom in this scene. Away, uh, away, thy foul feed follows me. Through the sharp uh, hearthorn blow the cold winds. Humph. Man, Go and to thy bed crazy. and warm thee. Didst thou give all to thy daughters? And thou come to this. Who gives anything to poor Tom, whom the fool fiend hath thou fire and through flame, through ford and whirlpool over bog and quagmire, that hath laid knives <laughs> under his pillows and haltered in his pews and rat both in his porridge, made from so proud to ride in the bay, trotting horse over foreign bridges, of course his own shadow for a traitor. Bless thy five wits. Tom's a cold, a do-da-dee-dee-do-dee-do-dee-do. <laughs> That's a line. <laughs> That's a, yeah, Shakespeare, baby. Bless thee from thy whirlpool, star blasting and taking. Do poor Tom some charity, who the fool fiend vexes. There could I be have him now, and there, there again, and there. So that okay. So it's a little quiet, and we hear the storm is still brewing. Has his daughters brought him to this pass? Couldst thou say nothing? Wouldst thou give him all? Nay, he reserveth a blanket, else we would have been all shaved. Now all the plagues that the pendulous air hangs fated o'er men's false light on thy daughters. I'm sure I read that way wrong. It's just so hard to say. Listen, Ian McCulloch, don't don't overanalyze it. Uh, you may call it. Uh, uh, he has to know. Oh, he has no daughter, sir. Uh, okay, okay. Death, traitor! Nothing could have subdued nature to such a lowest, but of his unkind daughters. Is it the fashion that discards fathers should have little mercy on their flesh? Judicious punishment? Twas this flesh begot those pelican daughters. Pillicock sat on Pillicock Hill. Allow, allow, Lulu. What? 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 Oh, and the fool says, This cold night will turn us all to fools and madmen. And then Crazy Tom says, Take heed of thou foul fiend. Obey thy parents. Keep thy word justice. Swear not. Commit not with man's sworn spouse. And set not thy sweetheart in proud array. Oh, <laughs> Tom's a cold. <laughs> what hast thou been? 
a serving man, proud and hard in mind, that curled my hair, wore glove in my cap, and served my lusts of my mistress' heart, and did the act of darkness with her, and sw- I fucked her, and swore yeah, as many swore oaths as, as I, many oaths. <laughs> well, I, I spanked the word, man, I fucked her, and broke them into with their them sweet face. Sweet you better know it. You better know it. <laughs> I'm talking pearl necklaces. And what, One that slapped you, you know what I mean by slap. And the convincing of lust and waking to do it, I fucked her. Wine love died deeply, dice dearly, and in women out paradise the Turk, false of heart, delight of ear, blood of hand, is hog and sloth, mouth, fox and stealth, wolf and greedy, as dog and madness, lion and prey. I'm available if you guys are looking. Kids <laughs> parties. Did not the creaking of shoes nor the rustling of silks betray the poor heart to woman? Keep thy foot out of brothels and thy yeah. hand in thy packets and thy pen in our lender's book and defy the foul fiend. Still, through the hawthorn blows by the cold wind, said Thumb Num Nunny, Dolphin, my boy, 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 Cecil, let him trot by. Thou wert better in, in a grave than to answer with thy uncovered body this extremity of the Die. Is no man more than this? Consider him well. Thou owest the warm no, the worm no. Thou owest the worm no silk. The beast no hide. The sheep no wool. The cat no perfume. Ha! These prions are sophisticated. Thou art the thing itself. Unaccommodated man is more but such a poor bare forked animal as thou art. Off, off, you fucking leggings. Come unbutton here. It says no, tearing off, off his clothes. clothes. Woohoo. Wait, Carl, you got to really do this. Okay, let me. Okay, hold on. Okay. All right. All right, did you tear off all your clothes? <laughs> oh, where's the hamper? Okay. Uh, Prithee, Dunce, be contented. Tis a naughty night to swim in. Now a little fire in the wild field were like an old lecher's heart, a little small spark, all the rest of the body's cold. <laughs> I laugh at my own jokes. Uh, a, Gloucester comes in. Yeah, Andrew Gloucester. Look, there comes a walking fire. He's got a torch. He's got a torch. Okay, I got you. Okay, so so Edgar, as poor Tom, he's got a... Uh, Lindbergh. This is a foul fibrilla gibbet. He begins a curfew and walks till the first cock. He gives the web and the pin, squitches the eye and makes the hair lip, mildews the white wheat, and hurts the poor creature of earth. Swithel footed twice the old. He met the nightmare and her ninefold, bit her all right, and then threw her trout plight in a naughty witch, a naughty. That is a Shakespearean limerick. And, and a no- Oh, is it? Yeah, look at the, the way it's written. But he bit her all right, and then it trothed her plight, and anoint thee, which anoint thee? Okay, it doesn't work. Very good. And so Earl of Kent says, how? How fair, how fair, your grace? What's he? Who's there? What is it to seek? Uh, you want to be Gloucester? Um, okay. 
What are you there? Your name? For Tom, that eats the swimming frog, the toad, the toadful, the never the walt, and the water, and out of the furious heart of the foul feet raises, and eats cow dog with the salter, swallows the old rat, and the ditch dog, drink the green mantle, yeah. the standing pool, who's a whip for the tithering, the tithering, and stock punished and imprisoned, who had the three suits in his back and three shirts in his body. Ooh, Lord, to horse to ride and weapon to wear, but mice and rats and with such a small deer has been tossed fools for seven long seven years. Year. Oh, beware, my follower. Peace, Smalton. Peace, uh, thou fiend. Sorry, uh, that was uh, Shakespearean disgusting, disgusterick, uh, grocerick. That's a Shakespearean asshole, man. No one wants to talk to that guy. <laughs> so the Earl of Gloucester says, What hath your grace? No better company. The Prince of Darkness is a gentleman. Mundo he's called, and Mahu. Our flesh and blood, my lord, has grown so vile that it doth cage what it gets. Poor Tom's a cold. Go in there with me. Duty cannot suffer to obey all your daughter's hard commands. Though their injunction be may bar my door. And let this tyrannous knight, tyrannous knight, take hold upon you. Yet have you ventured to come seek you out and bring you both fire and food is ready. First, let me walk with this philosopher. What is the cause of thunder? Oh, I think I'm lost. Hang on a second. Oh. Okay, uh, the movie's going and going. All right, so let's go going, back to the movie. All right, so should we go back? Going. <laughs> oh, I just, I just uh, closed the book by mistake. So we, we've oh, been in the editing room right, for the last 20 you're minutes. You're the my friend. You're the sparkler. When you and Edgar... Just now. Oh, I guess we should continue ourselves. So, uh, so the, okay, it, it isn't the editing room, but it's like he's trying to write some sort of mafia play or, or something like that. That's what he's doing with his daughter earlier. And I don't know, for right now, he's doing some pirate thing. You know, I don't know why. That's Burgess uh, Meredith. Yes, it is. He comes out of, off okay in this movie. Yeah, did you see how Jean-Luc was was mocking him? Yeah. I really, that really upset me. Like, what does he think, he's funny? I mean, I'm sure when uh, Burgess Meredith saw that, he's like, fuck you. Well, I, if you understood what the fuck he was talking about, because it, it just went over my head. But I see that, yeah. Well, you didn't because, hear him mocking? Uh... Well, I mean, okay. see, the thing is, like, Burgess Meredith, he yeah. was in, when Rocky, in the 80s, right? Yeah. So you had Rocky three, and then you had Rocky four. And Rocky Four was probably around 87, but Burgess Meredith was dead by that point, right? His character? Yes. Mm-hmm. He died in what, two? I don't... Re- oh, you mean in the Rocky series? Yeah. Um, no, I don't think it was two. I think it was probably three when he went against Mr. T. Okay. All um, right. Yeah. He so- needed inspiration to... Rocky Two was all about... That first time was lucky, chump. Yeah, right, Want right. another go? You know, Rocky Three was like Mr. T shows up and is like, "I'm going to rattle you, shake you. I'm younger." Right, and then uh, Burgess Meredith dies in that. But so I he, think so. Yeah. I could be wrong. Google will tell us. So, but he's he was known like he, you know he's an iconic role, and and Rocky is the very definition of a Hollywood blockbuster art film type of thing. Like yeah, what yeah. Hollywood considers is good. So yeah, I can see this guy making fun of him, but. No, look, he's your co-worker. You're his director, right? You're paying him money. You've hired him. You're saying, roll him right, right. in front of him. And then you're when he, you're not around when your back is turned. Later, you go see a movie, and there he is, making 
It wasn't cool. It's like Jean-Luc playing uh, poor, poor uh, men, uh, Golan's recording at the beginning of the movie. It's like insult to injury. It's like, I don't care what you say so much, I'm going to play it on the air. First, I'm going to screw Mailer by showing the scene twice. <laughs> then I'm going to... Right. That's exactly what he did. He's, Mailer said, fuck you, I'm out of here. And he said, oh, yeah, I'm going to take whatever footage I have and put it in the beginning of the movie. Fuck you. And we're not even going to use your script. I'm tearing it up. Right. No, I'm not with Jean-Luc on this project. I mean, maybe his other films, okay, but he was really like... Uh, being a prima donna here, <laughs> in my opinion. Yeah, well... Listen, you want to hear how crazy he is? Yeah. This is just as bad as the Shakespeare. Should I read you this? Yeah, please. Okay, in my notes I've titled it, What Did He Say with the Underline? I'm putting my reading glasses on so I don't mess this up. Okay, this is what Jean-Luc Gattard says about King Lear in 1987. The image is pure creation of the soul. It cannot be born of the comparison, but of the recollection of two realities that are more or less far apart. The more the connection between these two realities is distant and true, the stronger the image will be, the more it will have emotive power. Two realities that have no connection cannot be drawn together usefully. There is no creation of an image. One rarely obtains forces and power from this opposition. An image is not strong because it's brutal or fantastic, but because the association of ideas are distant and true. Look, Mike, this was either cocaine or marijuana. Analogy oh, I, know. I think he believes every word of it. Yeah, but what does it mean? Do you, are you following him? He says, an image is not strong because it's brutal or fantastic, but because the association of ideas is distant and true. That doesn't make sense to me. Well, there's if, a person. If I'm looking at an image of a riot, yeah, it's brutal and fantastic. So if I'm looking at what would an example of a photo be that who says well, two we, realities in it that are distant? Well, you were discussing this. I was looking at four lamps. Okay. So there what? you go. I, there was a table with a lamp on it, and then there was overhead lamps, and they were all on. That was yeah, it. you mean that living room scene. You yeah. must be describing the film. Okay, I'm looking my head back. All right. So, okay, that reminds there's a whole me of... second half of this I'm not going to read because the guy's a cuckoo clock, <laughs> in my opinion. I interrupted you. You were saying? Oh, no, I was just saying, like, that images of uh, lights on reminds me of uh, last night when I was home. Uh-huh. I, I had the lights on. <laughs> I see. Yeah. He reminded me of the time I was sitting around doing nothing with the lights on. Like that doing... reminded me of when you did War in the Gulf. It reminds me of the time. It reminds me of the time. Will you shut? <laughs> who's the, who's the, you, you said the most famous newsman of all time. <laughs> what was his name? Oh, uh, Walter Cronkite? I forgot. Oh, no, no, it was, uh, yeah, Mr. The guy who made who gave birth to everything. God, yeah, the one with the cigarette. He, uh, Edgar uh, Edgar Moreau. Yeah, yeah. What's the fuck? Edward, yeah, Moreau. Yeah, because you were playing. Edgar, you were in your tuxedo for work, and you were playing a reporter. That's right. So because for you were, our public like, access show, I can't show. do fish burgers. I have to go to work. I have to work because at the. I have to work at the at the uh, caterer. That's why I have a tuxedo on. <laughs> I said, no, Mike, you promised me you were going to shoot. I need footage. You're leaving. You're going back to Brandeis or whatever it was. Yeah, back I in the picked 80s. you up. I put a mic in your hand. 
It reminds me of the time with Edward Monroe. <laughs> well, he was known for his, like, you are there. Dateline, Berlin, World War II. Oh, right, right. You are there. Right, right, right. We bring you the images here. I was new, TV. Yeah. What the hell is that thing? Oh, so he's back in the hotel, Peter Sellers, right now. He's waiting Well, I mean, this was shot, actually, long ago. But, yes, he's supposed to be back there. And they're not there. That's the whole point. Like, he's so close to... See, it says a picture shot in the back. Picture shot in the back. That's Sean Luke saying, this is on purpose, folks. I've made something not watchable, and I did it to screw Cannon. But, of course, that's not true, because all his films are... I don't want to sound insulting, but, I mean, they are... Well, let me put it this way. This guy has made more films than Woody Allen. He's very prolific, and he's uh-huh. known for maybe five pictures from the 60s. Mm-hmm. But he still makes films. So what about all those other films, you know? Uh, I, I don't know. Our... Well, does, has he ever, ever done something that has, like, a story plot? that you would... I mean, well, this has a plot and a story, but... but it, it, no, it doesn't. It has a setup, and you know what he's looking for and doing. Right. Well, but he, it doesn't it's, have. It's high concept. Like, this movie. It's it's a famous uh, new wave director doing his version of King Lear. It's a version of King yeah. Lear. But it's is it okay? It is King Lear in the sense that there's a character named that. There's a father daughter. There's only one daughter. Right. And he doesn't seem to be giving up his. To be what's fair, this whole thing with the you know recreating Shakespeare. To be fair, the one daughter has gonorrhea, so it's technically two daughters. <laughs> As he voted for Reagan, so there's three daughters right there. Okay, here it says, in the style and experimentation, exper- in the style of French New Wave cinema. That sounds Which, that which is true? what he created. He created oh. a New Wave cinema. The idea of the French New Wave is that like the, the timing and the pacing and the imagery, it's mm-hmm. slightly off. You know, it's... Uh, it, it, they boil it down to the essentials. The girl with a gun, you know, and uh, everything else be damned. And it's also okay. very personal, his films, because he, he's, he's talking through his films, you know, to the point where sometimes well, he narrates his own films. Well, he is here talking through his film. He's basically telling about the relationship between um, him and Cannon, him and Mailer. You, you know what I mean? He does. It is personal. I've got a quote here about that. He talks about the money. Uh, oh, right now? And it sort of rung true to me. I'll find it. Okay. Hello, my dear fellow. Je m'excuse, le bateau a eu du retard. This is Professor Collins from Leningrad, Miss Alberstadt, from the Arkansas Daily. No, from the New York Times. You come all the way from Leningrad? Oh, la la, de Sibérie. Really? Okay, oh lord the movie boy that guy was farting a lot in that scene really I think that I don't think that was a fart sound I think God, Goddard is the only is, you know <laughs> um, okay Jean-Luc Godard said what sets me apart from lots of people in cinema is that money is part of the screenplay in the story of the film, and that the film is part of money, like mother, child, father, daughter. So it's the creation of the film as much as you're watching the film. It's like you were saying, he talks through 
Yeah. Like, this is part of how the film got made. He didn't specifically say money, but... but what do you think he means by me? Money is part of the screenplay, the story of the film. The film is part of money. The film like is part child, of Like mother, child, father, daughter. The fuck does that mean? The film is part I, of money. I, I thought he meant... Like, the making of the film and its budget are part of the, the film. You're going to know about that when you go see my movie. Oh, I gotcha. I, 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 that's a guess. I, I don't know what he said. I wonder where they this film played. They are merely bankers who believe they're film producers. Did this play at, like, uh, Times Square? What? No. What's that? Did this film play like in Times Square? They were like Bloodsport Two, uh, Breaking Two, Electric Boogaloo, Bloodsport, and John Luke Godard's King Lear triple feature. <laughs> there is no rating, by the way, of this film. It isn't rated. Yeah. Well, I you know I I think I remember it being released in '87. Uh, okay, so I guess I have some notes on release, and you're probably right about the year. Here it is, release. Okay, King showed in the Cannes Film Festival on May 17, 1987. King Lear. Oh, right. After a brief two-week run in the U.S., it didn't appear in cinemas for another 15 years. It was released at the New York Quad Theater in January 1988, but only played for five days. Huh. So it was re-released in 2002 by a French distribution company. Yeah, I wasn't around for that. Uh-oh, the end. The end. Remember, says, there are two people here. Oh, wait. I guess there's something still going on. There's two people here. How many minutes are We still have 20 minutes, according to this. I think he's messing around. Now, I watched this whole show, but I didn't notice that. That said, the end, like 20 minutes before the film ended? I think. I didn't notice that. No. You know, another thing that's strange about this film, it has no credits. There are no... That is really weird for an 87 movie. <laughs> okay. Isn't that against the law, though? I mean, they have to, like, if it's a union or whatever, they have to list them? I Well, you know, it's not rated. I mean, is it a law, or is it just like, we don't approve of your film? Yeah. Okay, so let me see. I have a chronological list. You know it, though. The film itself can't, contains no credits or credit sequence at all. There are no credits. That's so weird. <laughs> That's so weird. <clears throat> I guess Jean-Luc Godard doesn't need credit, right? His whole, you know, it's part of the title of... Right. Well, all right, so what's going on right now is... Well, I mean, we haven't seen Woody Allen films yet, so you know the film's not going to end. Right. Um, Woody Allen was not in France. He was um, doing... He was in an editing suite at the Brill Building in Manhattan. Now, I think the Brill Building is in that area of, you know, Hell's Kitchen, historically, it was called. This is Woody Allen's first appearance in a film that he did not direct since The Front in 1976, 11 years earlier. But then he did did a bunch of movies afterwards, though. He was in uh, Scenes from a Mall. Uh 
and uh, he, he ants ants yeah oh and also the imposters he, he showed up in this really bad Santa uh-huh. Tucci movie I think that's kind of neat of him to do because he had graduated from yeah, at the I end think... of the film finally the fool Mr. Alien Woody Allen appears stitching together the film in his editing room it's weird because uh, during the 60s, him and like Peter Sellers, ERS, they would show up constantly in movies. You know, they would show up in Casino Royale, What's New, uh-huh. uh, Pussycat, What's Up, Tiger Lily. Well, no, no. Uh, and I just saw another movie that had both of them in it. Bananas? Oh, no, no, he did. No, but just films where they, they just show yeah, up. Yeah, it just shows up. Not a cameo, but kind of. Well, they were like these 60s go-to comedians. You know, uh-huh. just, I can't tell if my film is pausing. It's just... They're, How, just no, it's not. It's not. It's just... You're gonna, you were there. It's enduring watching this film. Yeah, it's a long slog. This is, one of the, this is the whole point of Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. These <laughs> films we hear about, they're impossible to sit through by yourself. So, Wait, Carl... Now, I, Mike. Yeah. I got to say, Mike, 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 Mike. Mike. Yeah. Your other films, maybe not Koyana Squatsy, Okay. other films, right? Yeah. No, man. Like, once I watch it, you know, we're seeing Max Headroom, and, like, there's, there's you know, uh, there's John Candy. Like, it's there's good... I'm enjoying the films that you pick, you know? Like, uh, there's really always some reason why you pick it. Like, like that science one we watched, like... Which, sure, it was the worst one of the year, right. with, you know, my science project. But still, it was fun. I mean, there's Dennis Hopper, and they're having alien, like, special effects. And I don't know. You know, you pick good movies. They're, they're bad <laughs> movies. But you, this is all the way. One time I wanted to watch a movie and laugh at how bad it was. So I got the Bee Gees um, Lonely Hearts Club Band, uh, right. Sergeant Pepper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it was unwatchable. It wasn't funny. It was like, were you guys for real? Are you serious about this? It, it's such a bad movie. Yeah. But it, it's interesting because, you know, why would you make a movie like that? Why would you make like... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, you're well, international superstars and you want... You love the Beatles. I get it. You love the Beatles. But why... It was too early to pay an homage. They were all alive. It didn't make... It's just like us too, me too. We're also we're just as good as the Beatles. Look, we even did their things. See, right. I don't know. All right, so let's see what's going on. We're almost done, people. We have about fourteen more minutes. From the prison. This is Molly Ringwald. I told you that you cannot know all. That she wasn't in a lot of movies. One day I will be delivered. She was in a lot of movies as a teenager, but uh, those who just you know faded off. Um, see, yeah. Peter Sellers uh, once admitted to a reporter that Jean Luc had not read uh, or understood King Lear. That <clears throat> he read the first three pages of the play, and then he read the last three pages of the play. <laughs> and that makes total sense, because what we see reflected in here is that first three minutes about my inheritance and my daughter. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he has a setup. <clears throat> At the end, 
King Lear is nuts bag. He's gone crazy. And everybody's scheming um, has been discovered. And they all die. You know, this one's cheating with that one. And this one's trying to uh, uh, cheat the father out of something, you see. Um, but then, then the Cordelia lady shows up again. And it's like, see, I told you I was the nice one all along. But it's too late. You're a crackpot. And the kingdom falls apart. Doesn't the bastard get it? I forget. Yeah, I think the bastard will. So I think they poison, like the sisters poison each other. Yeah. And, and then, uh, or one kills herself and, or, and then uh, poisons the other. And yeah. I, remember I told you that one died off screen? That didn't make any sense to me. What are we looking right now? We're looking at a pond with a porno magazine in it. I think it was a gay porno magazine. I mean, some things you just can't unsee. <laughs> Well, they cut out the scene where you ran over and grabbed it. Kids don't understand that before the internet, we had to get our gay magazines from uh, ponds. Garbage dumped. Yeah, like yeah, ponds. Ponds. Uh oh. Just so lucky that you happened to chance upon one, but everybody did. I actually did find a box of uh, pornos in uh, Montclair, New Jersey, in the woods yeah, out there. Yeah. By the yeah, railroad one tracks, year we right went to um, a folk festival. It was like by a junk a junkyard. I'd never been to a junkyard, of course, where the seagulls are all flying around. Right. There was a bunch of yucky, disgusting porn. You still like? So was, are you sure it was bird shit and not bird cum? I'm not sure about that. Because you I think they might have beat off to really that understand. magazine. I, you know, that girl I saw in the image there, including the splotch of bird whatever. Yeah, you still remember. That was like my girlfriend. I'd be walking around and I'd see like a similarly shaped splotch and i go, whoa, I want to see my girlfriend. <laughs> this is Cordelia arranging flowers and oh. there is some significant... Oh, that's not Cordelia. Let me go to where we are. It's Ophelia. We we switch plays. <laughs> so there's Peter Stoke. God, this movie is still going on. It's, I yeah, it. yeah. It's, he's Good putting morning. petals on uh, the flowers. It's reverse photography. Unless she has a superpower I don't know of. Well, that's kind of cool. I would have been happy with the end result. I was golden. Okay, now Carl and I are going to reenact uh, scene six, act oh, six, no. scene one of King Lear. This is but what Golden is Globus. No. You'll be golden, I'll be Globus. All right. There go. is no such thing as act six. Yeah, act six, scene one of King Lear. <laughs> okay. It takes place in Canon's film uh, office. Hey, Globus. Okay. I'll be golden. Enter Golden Globus. Okay. okay. Hey, Go- hey, Globus. Howdy! What was your name? Golden. Go- My name's Golden. Uh, I, 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 Gold- I, uh, hello, Golden. Hey, Glo- how be thy Golden? Be it thy good. Have you seen thy newest movie from John Luke Godot? A touch. I do confess, I have not yet been blessed with that privilege. Well, Sir Golobus, thou uh, yes, thine has a uh, video cassette. The images were there as new. Innocent. Yeah. Have, have you seen? Uh, have you seen Jean-Luc Godard's new film? No, I haven't. Neither has Golan. <laughs> Go on. Cannes Film Festival is three weeks away. Let's watch. Let's put it in now. 
Hark, let's the, put it in the video cassette player and watch it. Precious thy play. Uh-oh, thy tracking is off. No, that is thy movie. <laughs> Surely oh, that thy was... joke. When does what, thou who, movie beginneth? Who, who did that for real? They put vertical hold in it. It was uh, Andy Kaufman, right? He, oh. he did a special. Oh, he did. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, you didn't know that? No. He was arguing, arguing, arguing to uh, keep it in, and he got his way. And him and some other guy, I don't know, they just thought it was a funny inside joke that everyone would get up and adjust. <laughs> Is that the special where he had a talk show and he had the desk was elevated? He had a giant uh, desk on an elevated platform, and the, uh, uh, the guest would come in sitting on a very small chair underneath it. So he, as host, he would lord over them. We should have. We we could YouTube. Uh, yeah, we could YouTube the Andy Kaufman special. What is it? A lily? What are we looking at? This is the most action we've seen in this whole film. Maybe that's a garb. Uh, picture on the back. I think that was a condom that he uh, did ejaculate in. Okay, oh. this might be Woody Allen now. You see there the, is did film. you see the tangled film? Yeah, in the in the woods. Yeah, not in in Manhattan. There's William Shakespeare There's dead. Yeah. And this is probably him reading the end of, of King Lear. Here are the MS3K robots watching this movie. Now, you have a lot more experience with this director, and you must know something I don't, because all I really know is this film, and he's not selling me. I, yeah. I know I'm wrong. I hear that. He's done a lot of other great things, but you, it just seems I would recommend a movie. Me. He did two, two. Uh, he did three classic movies. I mean, uh, uh, Breathless is considered classic. It was remade mm-hmm. by Richard Gere in the in the early eighties. Uh, it's basically a bunch of kids who decide to rob something. I don't remember, but the movie to watch is called Weekend, and it's about this bourgeoisie couple who, on the weekend, decide okay. to go off on a little road trip, and okay. there's a detour. And not only do they get off the road trip, but they they basically walk out of the movie, and they're just lost as characters. So they're take because they are taking a vacation from us, or no? They well, no, they were more like they were doing a bourgeois vacation, and uh-huh. um, there was this horrible accident, and then they get into arguments with common people, and then they actually just walk off the film. Like they, there's a part where someone's playing a piano for forever, and then they they walk off the film, and then they meet literary characters, and they hate the film, and then they they just it goes beyond. Like it's a pretty weird movie. Yeah, I recommend that, and it's good. And then he did a movie called Alphaville, which is really cool. It's kind of this detective future science fiction movie, which I like. Alphaville. Yeah. And then he did a movie called Three or Four Things I Know About Her, and she's a prostitute. And that's the movie where she plays pinball, and it's just the director talking over pinball shots. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I'll check it out. Yeah. And then the 3D movie, it's apparently supposed to be really good in 3D, but from what I watched was, you know, he still holds his own. He just cranks out movies that look like this. There's a white horse in the background, and people are reading books in the woods, you know. I found out something very funny. When Quentin Tarantino was starting... Yeah. Uh, by the way, Cordelia walked by in the white horse, and she's going to be dressed all in white, and she's virginal, okay? Okay. 
Um, when, which, which makes sense for, for King Lear. When Quintino was starting out, he claimed on his resume, his CV, that he had appeared in this film. As he guessed, nobody would have seen it to know he was lying. Huh. <laughs> he said he was in King Lear? Yeah. That's crazy. Well, you know, uh, one of his movies that uh, Godard did was translate, and translated in English is A Band Apart. And that's the uh-huh. name of Quentin Tarantino's production company. It's named after a Godard movie. Uh, I, I did find researching this film uh, quotes from, uh, I listened to him, there was nothing I could use for this. Quotes about Godard. Oh, yeah. Uh, he has yeah, yeah, there's him a big YouTube of him ranting about Godard. I mean, his, you know, he just changes what you expect in watching a movie. You know, you have a movie, it's it's told as a story, it's like omnipresent, you know, you see details of it, and his stories are more, his movies are more personal, or his movies are, yeah. don't follow that narrative. Um, I want to make, I just want to make a point. Uh, when a nuclear meltdown happens, um there isn't a nuclear explosion like a nuclear bomb going off. It's just that radiation leaks out and that makes people sick. They lose their hair. They, you know, they have birth defects. Things right. go wrong. They lose a pregnancy. People get sick uh, and their DNA is, is shredded so it doesn't reproduce properly. You start getting cancers. You know, it's, that's that's the scary part. I don't know if people understand nuclear. Uh, you've got these um, sticks that are just radioactive, and so it's uranium, and so they are hot all the time because they're so radioactive. They're so hot that they can boil water. That's what they do. They put the rod in the in a tank of water. It turns into steam. That turns a turbine, just like a waterfall would, or you know anything uh, that turns a turbine. That's how it generates electricity. There's nothing. Now you're telling this because Donald Trump listens to our podcast. <laughs> Kim Jong Un. I'm telling you this because they said that Chernobyl exploded and killed civilization, and that does not compute. Well, don't forget, Chernobyl was '87, so this is like topical, I guess. Strike spurs into my horse. Yeah, but that's why against they, you. They got it wrong. They don't understand what it means to have a nuke. Even even China Syndrome, that movie was oh. it was right about what it said, but it wouldn't be a nuclear explosion. It would have popped. It would have gone pop. You know what's an even better movie is the Chernobyl Diaries. This film that came oh, yeah. out about six years ago about these uh, Americans who go on these radical tours and they go visit Chernobyl, like the, yeah. the village, and there's monsters, and there, there's found footage, and there, there's, look out, what was that? <laughs> Did you see the latest Die Hard? They go to Chernobyl. Oh, yeah, that's right. That movie is great because in the original, he has bare feet, and he cuts his foot, and his foot hurts, and the right. villain falls from the skyscraper, and that's his death. But in the fifth movie... Bruce Willis and his son fall five stories inside a building and then land on the ground and get up. <laughs> Ever since uh, the Harrison Ford movie, uh, Razor of the Lost Ark, when your hero gets all banged up, right? I did want to see that action-adventure film in which it's just like, an okay, there she is in all white, you see, and she's dead. Is um, that death behind there? 
What? I think that's King Lear bemoaning her death. Who? Yeah, I think that's uh, King Lear. Uh, uh. Which doesn't make sense. King Lear was crazy at the end, laying on the ground, as you recall. Right. Um, you know, basically Alzheimer's times 20. Oh, the end. Who knows? We haven't seen Woody Allen. Where's Woody Allen? The oldest hath born most. We that are young shall never see so much. Right, sir! Nor live so long. Uh, I couldn't help remembering Buddy's last words. Mr. Alien. There he is. There's Eddie. The bad time of Chernobyl had long been forgotten. The motion picture industry was growing fast again. Paramount, Fox, Warners were booming. And so was the Canon Cultural Division. Oh, I was finishing the picture, or bringing this twisted fairy tale to an end, in a small editing place they had hired for me. That's Alan's voice. The man in charge was named Mr. Alien. I was gonna say, does right, lousy, this does can be voice. no accident. Right, sir. Oh, Mr. Alien, the fool. Then I see a king dealing alone with his many subjects. Right, sir. That is a terrible video. Here's a film. There's Peter Sellers in There's there. There's Peter Sellers. The unfunny Peter Sellers. King Lear, a clear... Yeah, I don't really get that. I mean, I see that Lear is in the word, but what is it? I guess they're clearing out the movie now. They're literally Why not taking... some other gentleman? No, that, that's been out throughout the film. We've seen a clearing. Uh, yeah. Unless I'm wrong. Handling. Why don't they just this order some goblin to shoot this twisted thing? In both hands. Okay. This is what he was thinking to himself at the restaurant Present. at the beginning of the movie. Like, why was I chosen? Huh. And but the thing is, to restore the works of William Shakespeare has now turned into make this film. Well, so it is like the you end were of the saying, movie. They have to finish personally it. talking to us. So that's what you meant, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, you can't, you can't no. separate the filmmaker from that the movie. That would be the pattern of all. I will say right. Nothing. Not not for him, I guess. No, never for my friends. In your own kingdom, sir. I'll talk a word with this son Lenin Fabian. What is your study? William Shakespeare. Remember Elsnore Brewery? Yeah, of course. That was the best version of Hamlet. It was because Bob and Doug McKenzie and Strange Brew were gold, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. They were the fools, the idiots on a mission. Sounded like two Jewish lawyers. There was, oh yeah, you thought they, they were them? Rosencrantz. I saw... I, no, that isn't actually my joke. Um, this very Jewish woman, girl in our high school, she did that. Now we're going to read Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. She goes, <laughs> but two Jewish lawyers. And everyone laughed. I never uh, forgot it. Well, because it sounds like an accounting firm. It sounds like an yeah. attorney. Rosa Kreisa Gildesstern. Uh, yeah. yeah. How may I direct your call? Now listen. Speak to that fool. The oh, Colonel, one, Colonel Sanders died, and here we are enjoying his chicken. I remember that. That was a, from Strange Brew. When they were telling <laughs> the female Hamlet, like, don't be sad. Like, the, the mom and the uncle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Colonel Sanders died, and here we are enjoying his chicken. Kindness transfixed the flourish and dealt the parallel. Is Paul still there? Uh, no. 
I don't uh, think so. It's uh, David Solowitz and Zorba and Jen. They're all waiting for the next hour. Um, so I think he, Paul should tell a corny joke and then do a rim shot, like Paul Barum. It's so funny because Gen X remembers like the Rat Pack and that the Rat Pack there would always be a drummer there and you tell a joke and at the at the cocktail bar they yeah. they do it. But this generation knows the sad trombone because that's the sound effect on the internet. Yeah. Paul Barumba. Paul Barumba. I can't. I, I got to work on it. I got to work on it. I got to pitch him on it. Yeah. All right. So we, the problem on like the gimmick of having Woody Allen speak in this movie is that there's another voice talking over him as well. Well, I couldn't find. No, no. It was his voiceover. But I couldn't find uh, the reason that they knew about Woody Allen when they were at the Cannes Film Festival. I guess he was just there, which makes sense. Yeah, that's sense. what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, like, because, I mean, he probably respects Godard and says, sure, I'll be in your movie. Yeah, he might have been, like, flattered. They might have been in the same studio editing together, and he says, look, can I shoot a scene? No, no, because they knew it. it was on the napkin. They knew... Oh, they put. They said, we'll get you Woody Allen. Right, and they know about Norman Naylor writing the script. Wow, so the deal they got, they signed the uh, cocktail napkin saying Woody Allen will star in a Norman Miller pen version of Shakespeare directed by John Luke Godard. Right. Wow. Now, there was some talk, but the internet can't agree, that they had talked about uh, Marlon Brando being Lear. But, I mean, I don't know. That was one account. It was from back in the day. It was a a writing, a write-up of him at late eight... uh, you know, around the time the things came out, eighty-seven, eighty-eight. But still, it's it's uncorroborated. Well, I'm really, I really enjoyed watching this movie with you, Carl, and uh, everyone here. And I, I'm happy to watch a good film of his just to show you the guy can do it. Okay, all right, we'll do it. It's a film here on YouTube. Yeah, but okay. we don't have to do it today. I, oh. I think I think maybe we should uh, just go straight to the source. Let me see if I could. Uh, I couldn't believe it, but I actually found a version of this movie. This movie has probably been mentioned on other bad movie podcasts, but this is a film that played at the Wellmont Theater in Montclair, New uh-huh. Jersey. Uh, it's a 1983 film. It's the full length movie is on YouTube. The film is called Joysticks. Do you remember Joysticks? Joysticks. Is, is it like an X or something? Joysticks. Here we go. Here's the trailer. If everyone would like to bag the noise, okay, like we could do this. Everyone's doing it, but it's not vulgar. <laughs> Kids play with their joysticks day in and day out, jerking back and forth. Everyone's doing it, but it's not violent. <laughs> like, where are we supposed to go? Joysticks. And everyone's yeah. doing it. That's a dominatrix. There's an arcade. Joysticks. You and I have something in common. We both like to hang out in public bathrooms. No. Prepare yourself. I would like you to meet Simba. A film for people who are totally into fun. Stripedia. You got it. Games. Oh, damn it! And good times. 
You're running a garbage dump in here, and I intend to do something about it. You will not go to the arcade again, right? If I want to go to the arcade, like, I am going to go. Just for the fun of it. If you win, I'll close the arcade down. It's more fun than games. Joysticks. I can't go on like this! Totally awesome video game! Okay, so that's John, uh, Joe Don Baker and the uncle from uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, what's his name? John LaGrosse? Like the weird guy? Uh... He plays King Vidian in this, and it is a California, Southern California video uh, mall. Oh, wait a minute, is that up the creek? They have up the creek. Oh man, uh, and it's a, and uh, there's these punk rockers that take over the arcade, and uh, they want to tear down the arcade to build uh, something else. So they decide to have a uh, Super Pac-Man championship at the end. You with me, Carl? Oh, I'm sorry. I was talking in the mute. Okay. <clears throat> I found it. I can see it's joysticks, like not with an X, but S D I C K S. I get the double entendre. No, no. It's J O Y S T I C K S, 1983. And it looks like all one word. Right. It's all one word. Okay. Well, 1983. Yeah. I get the double entendre. Very but, nice. Yeah. Do you. Uh, well, whoever came up with the name Joystick should be rewarded. You know, <laughs> the video games provide pleasures. <laughs> it's a joystick. Gripping your joystick. Carl, see a Hamlet. What, where, can, where can people find you? Uh, they can uh, find me at Carl.socks, but I will be. Uh, I'm sure everybody's going to come. I'll be at Scotty's doing five minutes on Friday, the twenty-third. Uh, which is the day before my birthday party. Of course, you're invited, Mike. All right, I'm not, I can't make it. Your fifty, oh. your fifty second birthday party. Fifty second. That's right. Man, <laughs> <laughs> you're about two seconds younger than me, Pat. Yeah. No. Full disclosure: I happen to be thirty seven. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will speak at your funeral, Mike. Yeah, that's right. We'll out be- because I'm uh, I'm, I'm forty nine. So there we go. We're we're uh, we 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 tipped our hats. I was never 49. No? I was not 50. Right. You're not 50. You were, you were not 50. You were not 49. For one whole straight year. Yeah. How old are you? I'm not 50. Hey, that sounds pretty good. I like how it rolled off the tongue. All right. So, Carl, so everyone should go over and check out Carl. If you do see Carl at that show, tell him you saw him because of the podcast. Tell your friends about the podcast. Subscribe to our podcast. That's our yes. bread and butter. Thank you. Uh, and we just like seeing the numbers go up, and we like you supporting us that way. If you want to place an ad on our show, give me a call. I don't give a shit. All right. Thanks so much. Let's get out of here. Bye. All right. Bye. Hang on. Oh, fuck. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike 
grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs go to timstesseract.com read fiction about the future of san francisco after the water wars of 2121 in jane 6 ask a jedi for important life hacks eat flesh with the bear exoskeleton contessa and check your horror horoscope on horoscopia updated Every three parsecs. Timstesseract.com. Timstesseract.com. So you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone. Get positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THC. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar, come take a seat at Asiento. Everybody should listen to Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Big dog. 
Yes, indeed. The woman is right. You are listening to MutinyRadio.fm. My name's David Solowitz. Stay tuned for Getting Sketchy, our weekly sketch, improv, stand-up, storytelling workshop. Free time for you to work on booking, promotion, your people skills, or taking care of your dog. No alcohol, but you can do that whole weed thing. Even though I wish you'd do it outside because you stink up the studio. Oh, well. We have aromatherapy products for that. Stay tuned. Ooh. Mm-hmm. 
You're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. I am the infamously sketchy David Stolowitz, and this is Getting Sketchy, a weekly workshop here in the Mission District for comedians of all classes, skills, merits, and attributes to practice and perfect their art. Because without discipline, you can't enjoy the really fun things in life. I used to have a terrible work ethic. Yesterday, I was told for the first time in my life that I was a hard worker, and it really made me feel great. Um, I've been in Sunnyvale at uh, the Fremont High School uh, adult education. Not that I went back to high school or never finished it, it's just where it happens to be. Which is really weird because it was also where uh, my buddies Faco and Robert Rubin uh, both went to high school. So, it's a small world after all, you know? Anyway, um, so I'm training to become a uh, Spanish interpreter. And I was feeling going into the class that I had about 80% fluency. And that may be well true, but as it turns out, medicine is very demanding and specific, and you got to be 100% fluent to do that kind of work. So I've been evaluated now after a month and a half of classes by my various teachers. And uh, one gal that's volunteered to help me out is uh, a uh, Spanish interpreter who works for Stanford for the Lucille Packard Children's Hospital. Her name is Jenny Rojas. And... Uh, she said, look, I gotta be blunt with you. You need six more months in Mexico and uh, you're not gonna pass the courses the way it is. But if you really want to be an interpreter and it's in your heart, I will train you myself free of charge. So generous. So I'm gonna start meeting with her on Fridays and then we got our class going on Saturdays and I'm looking for summer work down in Mexico. So I might have to take a break for a while, mutineers and go down and uh, master my linguistic skills. And when I come back, kapow, look out. Um, speaking of which, I'm putting together a Spanish language comedy night called Orale. It's going to be uh, April 21st, uh, a Saturday from 8 to 10 p.m. And I'm booking comedians now who can speak Spanish. Don't BS me, guys, or you'll have to BS the audience, too. And you better be funny at that point. But uh, we got some good people on the, the in-formation lineup right now. Jean Yee, you know her from Warm Laughter. Uh, Jade Theriol, just another disabled entertainer? Ha, huh, I think not. Her use of space is brilliant. Too bad you're probably going to listen in on the radio. And uh, John Reinhardt and his interpreter. That will be interesting. We've got some other people I'm adding soon too, so stay tuned. Um, for now, I have a special guest here in the studio. Joining me today is 